Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. We're the hosts of the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we discuss a great character in a great story. If you listen to us, your fancy will be tickled. And your thoughts will be provoked. One reviewer described us as fanboys with PhDs. Our discussions cast a wide net, alternating between TV, comics, films, and novels. In one episode, we may discuss a Spanish telenovela, and the next week, an American superhero comic. That was January 2016. Or one week, we might discuss a Japanese manga, and the following week, a Jane Austen novel. That was October 2016. Check out the Protagonist Podcast. Great characters and great stories. back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and show up late to Spider-Man 2, <laughs> one Mysterio returning minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. And I'm Michael Barrity. Welcome back, Michael. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. It's like <laughs> I never left. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you liked the, the pull-out couch. I hope that was comfortable. It- it was moderately comfortable. My back's a little sore, but you're a gr- you're both gracious hosts. Oh, thank you so much. They're much appreciated. We do what we can with what we have. Uh, right. Uh, and speaking of doing what you can with what you have, <laughs> today we're talking about Minute 27, which starts with MJ. With, well, it really, it starts with a bunch of extras being upstaged by an empty seat um, <laughs> and ends with Peter getting shushed. Yes, and the mop mystery continues. We do not have closure on this mop mystery, guys. No, we are going to have to come up with more theories, I suppose, to uh, fill that hole in our knowledge here. Send hashtag mop mystery theories to all of us on Twitter. (laughs) I I have no idea what that is. I, I have never, outside of like, I don't know. Uh, like old movies, like really old movies, uh, mm-hmm. you know, old black and white movies. I don't think I've ever seen an empty seat this well lit before. Um, <laughs> it is. I mean, it has like a spotlight on it. It is yeah. absurd. <laughs> it's astonishing. It, which also begs the question, uh, how did MJ know which chair to look at? Like, did he <laughs> did he know. tell her what row his ticket was for? I mean, it's it's almost... And the the lighting in it, like it's lit in the shot, but it's almost as if they like bumped it up in post too. Like it yeah, was oh, for sure. lit on the day, but they also like in color correction zoomed in and let's burn that area out just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean it is blatant. Well, it's pretty remarkable though. Also, like from a costuming standpoint, you'd think I guess well you'd assume normally that they would put the two people behind like also in darker colors, like everybody else. But I guess they are hoping like the lighter colors will direct your eye there in addition to the chair. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, 
in I, I forgive me, I don't remember the start of the film with with the mentioning <laughs> of the play. Yeah. Uh, does she give him the ticket? Because if she gave him the ticket, then she'd definitely know which seat he had. Right. But no, no. He he tells her that he's going. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, so She's he, very surprised by it. She's like, really? Right. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't get a comp for this. This is his own volition. He bought a ticket mm-hmm. and she <laughs> somehow spots it out there in the distance. Um, I, I also I, I also need to point out just from a, um, I don't know, from a staging i guess is what you would what you would call this uh i love that there's this (laughs) i love that this guy came to the importance of being earnest by himself and sat on the aisle (laughs) Uh, it doesn't appear that he's there with anyone he just decided to come by himself uh to this to this play i he has to be dating someone in the play right what's this guy's story that's got to be it yeah yeah, yeah. maybe he's, i mean i'm i'm curious what all of the pairings are like the couple directly behind the empty seat they seem of approximately the same age yeah i buy uh, that as a pairing yeah the the one to the right of the empty seat seems much older than the gentleman next to her so yeah. i'm wondering what that relationship is uh, I'm assuming some friends are seated behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe yeah. that maybe the two in the very front, both those couples are on dates to some degree. Sure, but yeah. we're opting out one of the ladies on the end. Uh, I'm not sure which one, but I probably. mean, or Minaj, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Maybe our maybe our gentleman with the you know the the tie and his fancy sport coat uh, on the end. Maybe he's dating Louise, like uh, the. the <laughs> <laughs> yeah mj's buddy in the play so. i i just i just really nothing sums up the thankless work of being an extra than being upstaged <laughs> by an empty seat nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing sums it up better than this oh boy scott did i ever tell you my story about uh the time i was an extra on the circle um no yes do, do you remember that's a movie that got made uh yeah. the adaptation of the, the emma the, stone or emma watson and yeah. tom hanks movie emma watson tom hanks movie right yeah. so, evil uh, evil steve jobs right exactly john boyega's in there too exactly so, yeah so i worked about a a, a week on that uh show because they needed like you know people who look like googly tech employee type people and so there was like a, a crowd of us like 30 or so that they're like yeah you will be our guys for this week that we're doing it. and so they just grabbed like random shots that each say we didn't know what we were doing um but uh, several of those big scenes were when tom hanks's character gives these like big talks in auditorium so it was a lot of this type of stuff where we sit there and <laughs> watch a thing that's not happening and the weirdest day i had was they very carefully chose who would sit next to who when we had to cut to reaction shots of audience. And there was a scene where John Boyega needed to be in the audience reacting to Tom Hanks' speech, but he couldn't actually be on set that day because he had some conflicts with Star Wars stuff. Because this was shot right before Star Wars came out, but when they were doing press for it. So he mm-hmm. was like flying in and out every day. So you'd only have like one John Boyega day a week. So instead of having him there... They had an empty seat with a spotlight on it and a green cardboard cutout, the shape and size of John Boyega. <laughs> and I, I sat directly behind it. And what we ended up doing was we shot the scene with everybody and they're like, can you stay back a bit? They sent everybody else home. And then I sat alone in an auditorium 
behind the cardboard cutout because I was the only person who would like interfere in the shot. So they needed like clean coverage of me to CGI in John Boyega over me. So they pulled out the cardboard cutout and I had to sit there and react to a speech that wasn't happening in an auditorium with an audience that wasn't there so that I could be in front of another human being who also wasn't there. It was the weirdest day I've ever had on anything. And so that's that's what I think of when I see this shot. Is, that uh, is the most Justice League <laughs> sounding thing I've ever heard. It was really uh, ridiculous. Oh uh, man, you yeah. were you you were Henry Cavill's mustache on the circle. I was the yes. circle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the mustache on the circle. I've yeah, never met a it. mustache quite like you. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Only one with a podcast. So yeah, uh, huge digression, but I think a story worth telling. Uh, Gee, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> um, we return to this, like, uh, I mean, we're, we're in closer coverage today than we were yesterday, but the, um, the like, overwhelming bright light on stage where just the, the way it is lit makes you feel nervous. And I love mm-hmm. this, as unrealistic of it is, as it is for her to like look for it and be distracted and then continue her scene on. I love that she goes from like we were saying, like we've said before film acting to stage acting in the same beat. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that transition. She does there. It's yes. She doesn't get enough credit. I don't. And, and not only is the lighting obscene, but Mm -hmm. she's also overly makeuped the way that you are as a stage actor. Um, mm-hmm. where she's mm-hmm. very, very dolled up, like lots of rouge and it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's ridiculous cause she has to yeah. look good to the people all the way in the back. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really realistically done surprisingly. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it all fits. And uh, you know what? Not for nothing, but this is a great, this is a great stage. Like the, the, the set oh, yeah. is really nice, but it's also believable. Like it, yeah. it, it still looks like a cheap off Broadway play, you know? Right. Yeah. They, they went with this minimalist design because it was what they could afford to do. Yeah, like we'll budget, make it look nice. The budget was a thousand for everything <laughs> and they spent it all on costumes and then said, what do we do with the set? Right. We'll do something. It'll be yeah. nice. Won't and be too elaborate. But that's it'll be nice. a wildly low costume budget for a thousand. Oh, no, I'm, it's way yeah, more. It, <laughs> yeah. yeah for the sake of the bit it's a thousand dollars but this yeah, was sure. definitely <laughs> this was definitely a situation where uh you know the producer handed you know some assistant 150 dollars 200 dollars and was like just go to the salvation army and just bring whatever um, and we'll make a set out of it uh and it's gonna be great yeah, yeah. including but not limited to that random mop that, yeah, you know, yeah. just hangs out there. Hashtag mop mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. So yeah, then uh, Peter pulls up outside. Um, Burn some uh, rubber there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. Uh, okay, I am fascinated with the idea that Spider Man crawled into the driver's seat of this car and just drove <laughs> off with it. <laughs> like, just took the car. Uh, took the car, got dressed with the clothes he didn't have on the way there. He had to have stopped off in whatever alley he got changed in. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's he's got a whole system of trash cans and dumpsters that he like hides and throws things behind. Yeah. 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 Made a small detour for that. And then he (laughs) jumps out of the car and immediately is like, yo, I just saved two people, so I don't give a crap about this. Like, <laughs> and then it's disrespectful to the cop. 
Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the theater traffic cop. Like, how does one end up with this type of like beat as a cop? Like, the, your job is to be the traffic enforcer in front of the theater, or was he just like doing a regular patrol? And stumbled upon this. I don't know what... Uh, it looks like... I mean, he was kind of hanging out by the bar, talking to people. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of wonder if he's... I mean, I imagine you need crowd control of a sort when mm. um, you're you're doing yeah. the, these sort of, uh, you know, these plays, especially in like a downtown setting like this, because you got to get, yeah. get people moving off of the sidewalk when the play sure. is over and everything. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So I imagine that's why he's there and, you know, he's just sort of hanging out and he would never assume that someone would just pull out outside. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, in, in Peter's defense, uh, he's very desperate to go in there. And he, I, I do like the beat of him thinking about it where he's like, yes, hey, if you don't yeah. move that, I'm going to tow it. And he just thinks about it. He's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't worth care. noting in the wide shot where Peter pulls in and like skids to a stop. In the foreground, on the right, is a parking meter that there is no car in front of. <laughs> His opportunity to park is literally across the street from him. <laughs> Maybe Peter's not good at parking. Like, does he drive regularly ever? You know? I mean, if like you're in living his... in New York, you really don't need to. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. He's got a scooter. and Though you'd think that this cop would at least be like, dude, there's a... Think, just park across the street. Just Come take on, it across the street. Yeah, yeah. Get, get out of here. And <laughs> and I will say, yes, Peter is disrespectful to this police officer. However, mm. he is more so just being disrespectful to whoever actually owns this convertible. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not literally the criminal's car. They stole that at some point and right. somebody's day is much worse because of it. Yeah. <laughs> Peter's just like, impound it. I don't care. This is not my problem. Right. Uh, and how is no one putting together, like, did no one see him changing out of his Peter Parker gear? <laughs> or did he, did he, as Spider-Man, park the car, run into the alley, change back into Peter, and then run back to the car and drive away? Right. Like, if there's a cop that is not putting two and two together, do they see Spidey, like, park the car, leave, and then some guy in a suit just sees this as an opportunity to steal a car and drive away in it? Like... <laughs> Peter, not a good look for you, buddy. Not, uh, not good at all. Oh, man. I don't know. Oh, I, by the way, that's Brendan Patrick Connor as the theater traffic cop. Um, I am another definitely New seen him in lots of things. Oh, yeah. He is. I mean, if you pull up his IMDb at some point, listeners, try it at home. Brendan Patrick Connor. Um, he is one of those New York character actor who has had dozens and dozens of small, memorable little guest boss on everything you know tv shows movies you name it he's usually a cop or like a, a guy you know you see, he, he seems like the the hey what are you like exactly yeah, as he this? is in this film but yeah. just make him a construction worker make him exactly. a, the guy at the deli counter make mm -hmm. him the mm -hmm. whoever he's just that guy who is he, disgruntled <laughs> what was crazy is that he has so many of these like disgruntled guy roles that like it, it was if I tried to like list them out, it was going to sound weird. So I, I decided instead to just find like my favorite little descriptions that he has. And so one of them is on a, on a Disney channel show called kicking it, which apparently is a big deal. Uh, he played Santa Claus. Cause they needed like a Santa guy to like wear a beard and be like, Hey, uh, so you know, <laughs> why not get Brendan Patrick Connor in there? 
And in two episodes of True Blood, including the original pilot and uh, one of the later uh, episodes in the season, he is credited in both as Man with Beer. And like, that guy, that's a guy who's a man with beer. I like the fact that he's... He's on the on the show twice, and in in a later season, you said, yeah, yeah, it comes back as man with beer again, which is amazing. So they yeah. return to a location <laughs> where he frequents on the regular, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the guy. Yeah, but I mean, literally everything. He's had one episode of Mad Men, Bones, Mentalist, NCIS, Shameless, Raising Hope, True Blood, How I Met Your Mother, like just everything, everything. Um, yeah. Apparently, he was a recurring character called Buttburn on iCarly. That's a fun name. So, mm. um, yeah, interesting. He's he's kind of living the like that guy uh, ideal where you're just well known enough that casting directors put you in stuff and you're steadily working, but nobody's gonna bother you uh, ever. You're not like scary famous. And periodically, right. you mentioned on a podcast. <laughs> yes, that he shout will, out to Fred and Patrick Connor. He will never ever <laughs> listen to, and will have no idea exists. Yo, if you have listened to this podcast, though, tweet at us. I'm yeah, really, I'm really pushing awesome. Twitter interactions on this. Okay. <laughs> uh, I I need to point out something that I found very strange in this shot with Peter mm-hmm. in the foreground and uh, and our friend the uh, the 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 traffic cop um, behind uh-huh. him. Uh, these two women pass by who yeah. appear to be three feet tall. Um, <laughs> I don't know why it's staged like that, because then as we go to the wide shot, they're still there. But suddenly they're they're, you know, closer to the uh, the height range of, oh, yeah. uh, of our officer here. I don't huh. know what's happening there. I don't know where they're walking. You know what I think it is? Uh, here's what I uh, here's my best assumption here is that they lined up this shot where they wanted Peter in the foreground doing his thought whatever thing, and they wanted you know our our boy Brendan Patrick Connor there uh, to be level with him, but he wasn't level when they did it. So maybe they put him up on an apple box so that the eye line would be consistent. Oh, I'm oh. thinking that it's, it it appears yeah. that they are stepping down around the cop. If, oh, maybe, see, maybe they're down in the off the if curve. You see the second like, woman; she seems to take a step down. When she oh, that's better. That's much better. Okay, and then yeah. they are probably just course correcting, but we don't get that actually within yeah. the shot. So in the right. in the first shot, they had a cop close enough to the car that they couldn't walk between him and the car without stepping down into the actual right. street oh and then in the, i see in the other shot they and had room to walk deep, by the him. first woman is seemingly starting to step up at the very edge of the frame and the end of the shot oh. and that's to say and that's to say nothing of the fact that like their action just doesn't match from shot to shot anyway because they cross no, behind him twice <laughs> sure but uh but you know regardless of that <laughs> i mean that's it's just funny that they look; they appear to be three feet tall uh, in that yeah, shot. Yeah, it's jarring. Yeah, it <laughs> like, is very once jarring. You see, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like I think <laughs> every time I return to Spider-Man Two at this moment in the film, I'll be like, "Look at those tiny, tiny women." Those They're tiny so Hobbit women. Those <laughs> tiny <laughs> Hobbit women. <laughs> <laughs> no wrong play wrong play oh, um, no, oh no. i'm sorry it's the importance <laughs> of being earnest That's yes. right. um speaking of like things in the background that are weird when you get closer to them um i believe i have found the the weirdest deepest cut joke in the film so oh. yeah so we, we have like peter entering mm-hmm. uh the lobby of the uh of the theater is it on the sign? 
You can see the sign, right? Yeah. The importance of being earnest, the cast list. So the theater sign is showing you the cast list and who's going on. And at the very bottom of it, it says, at this performance, and it's kind of tough to see, but it's basically saying that Lord Bracknell has an understudy playing him tonight. So mm-hmm. John Fraser is the usual actor, but James Schwartz is going to be standing in tonight for Lord Bracknell. Okay? So that's like, this is our basic premise here. What's ridiculous about this is in the play, The Importance of Being Earnest, Lord Bracknell is the only character that's never actually seen on stage. <laughs> you, you do not have an actor playing him in, in any production of... It's like one of those characters where you always talk about where he's just, you know, who he was just here, I'll go talk to Lord Bracknell. But he's never, he never appears in the play. So it's <laughs> like... There's, this joke is the idea, A, it's a joke that there's a, we have an actor playing Lord Bracknell, but the second joke is he wasn't available tonight, so we have his <laughs> right. understudy it's a, playing It's a him. double dipper. It's that a double is, dipper. That, yeah. is a, that is a prop person who was very <laughs> proud of themselves <laughs> and, and had, a, had a nice chortle. Uh, mm-hmm. as they as they made this and told no one <laughs> this joke or told someone and they were just like, yeah, okay, great. Um, yeah, uh, fine. Nobody's ever going to notice that. Yeah. yeah, but I'll know. It's I'll good. Know. It would. It would. It would probably play out much like in the first film when Peter is telling Harry about the spider and the details <laughs> of the spider, and Harry's like, "Why would anyone care about that?" He's like, "Who wouldn't care?" <sighs> Isn't that great? This look how clever this is. It's so clever. Look at the font. It's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> it's really good. Um, um, we get the return of Quentin Beck as played by Bruce Campbell, um, which even mentioning that this is Quentin Beck is going to ruffle some feathers with a few of our <laughs> listeners. Some people really don't like that. We we are very adamant that this is Quentin Beck. Uh, but you know what? That was the intention. Spider-Man 4. He was going to be yep. revealed to have been Mysterio the whole time, uh, which, which is great. It's beautiful. I yeah. love that. I would have loved uh, if, him as Mysterio so very hard. So uh-huh. much. Oh, God, it's perfect. Oh, yeah. It's the only other thing that could top it might be like, you know, uh, Will Arnett. But beyond Ooh, that. Yeah, Will Arnett would be very fun as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm is dying it? for him to play a Mysterio in like the Homecoming sequel. Will Arnett. Please. Oh, um, for the love of God, the, please. Oh, my God. It's illusions, Peter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just, just for that, uh, that layering, just for yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> absolutely. That will that will be our Lord Bracknell joke uh, when that happens. Uh, <laughs> well, but you, you know, see, there is this we, show, Arrested Development, and uh, yeah, yeah, we all know Bruce Campbell, right? It, we're all familiar with Bruce Campbell, you know, yeah. Sam Raimi's best bud, yeah, Evil Dead, course. Army yeah, of Darkness. Yeah, yeah. We talked about him last season. Yeah, we all know him. Um, he he seems favorite. to be in very good shape in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Trim. Yeah. Because I yeah, know he yeah. had to he had to gain weight probably shortly after this, uh, because mm-hmm. of um his role on Burn Notice required yeah. him to sort of pack on a few pounds. Um, but he's uh he's he's looking good here. He really is. <laughs> he's just so goddamn funny. Yeah, Pardon my French, but I love him. I, love I, him. I am I am still surprised that we haven't gotten any kind of uh i don't know like i sometimes i watch bruce campbell um and i just think man we need to get him and and joel McHale in something together as like father son or 
something because yes they're so similar and like jo- yeah. joel McHale would make a great like ash in an evil dead remake or something oh wow um, yeah there's just oh yeah there's something there's something very joel McHale-y about bruce bruce campbell and and vice versa obviously yeah but, uh, yeah yeah or just i like that we're introduced like when we see quentin here he's standing in front of the uh, no one will be seated until the doors are closed sign to delay the joke reveal. Exactly. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, it's, it, this so this whole bit of banter is incredibly well staged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, init- I mean, it's a simple little thing and then just, can I help you? As like, <laughs> you know, the complete change of tone. It's so good. Like he's, he's just savoring like, oh, let me help out this kid. Yeah, oh, those shoelaces? And you might want to like, and then finally, oh, but no, wait, I'm a dick. Yeah, but no, wait, I'm a dick. <laughs> and that it's it's reinforced with the staging too, which that like we we keep doing this like push in where we follow Peter with the camera, like a, a physical yeah. camera move. And when when we have that tone shift to the little, can I help you? Uh, it doesn't just interrupt Peter's movement; he literally interrupts the camera's movement. There, it's yeah. so. God, it's good. It's just really funny. I don't know. And the know. camera does like a drift down. Like it, yeah. it's a deflation and it carries across like the shot. Yeah. Like on yeah. both of them, which is fun. Uh, and then we have Peter's goofy face with the wrinkled ticket. Like he's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, here to, I'm here to see the show. That's Peter Parker to me. That is like, <sighs> this poor dumb kid. I mean, he's smart, obviously, but like, you know. He's real street dumb. This poor <laughs> dumb kid. Yeah. Hey, oh, you sweet summer child. This is not going well for you. <laughs> this is this little wrinkled ticket and his his tie that he didn't untie from before. He's just ready to go. And no, no, you're not getting in, Peter. And he does the like. Bruce Campbell does the additional like squat down to be like, <laughs> and nothing's going to change that. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that just the, and, just the 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 deep condescension of the oh yeah of the of the bending down and be like, but she didn't want you to come late, did you? Yeah, hmm. yeah. like just yeah. just shaming him, <laughs> Con- oh. condescendingly shaming him. Uh, it's oh. just oh it's boy. beautiful. You talk about a lot like um, little moments of dialogue that stick in your brain, and for me, his line reading on uh, <laughs> it helps maintain the illusion is a thing I hear in my brain all the time. Like whenever I'm doing a play or like working on set or something like that, at the moment where we have to like pretend that things are a way they aren't, there's a part of my brain that's always like, gotta be quiet now. It helps maintain the illusion. It's just like it it rattles around in my brain because it's just so, it's so uniquely him. It's just so uniquely him. Mm -hmm. I love it. I I also want to say in his defense, because he's definitely being a dick, but in his defense, (laughs) he just saw this kid roll up in a convertible that he just left outside oh yeah and strolled in late i mean i would kind of want to be a dick to this guy too yeah oh no like his everything that he's doing is completely justified it's just the means at which like the way that he is going about it makes him particularly dickish because like because if if he were just like i'm so sorry it, it it just can't be that way like in that moment peter would be like oh i'm a shit like a terrible person yeah but, yeah yeah but then bruce campbell instead is like no 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 i'm going to lay it on thick and i'm just going to be a smiling scumbag like <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> he's like, I'm not even interested in customer service at this point. I just want an adversary. You know, mm-hmm. like it's not. Like... Well, I mean, he probably <laughs> doesn't get to to you know shun people away very often. You know, uh-huh. he's yeah. probably for the most part just standing there. Uh, yeah. And he's defending the integrity of the art of theater. Right. You know? And in, in 2004, like, he can't just be on his smartphone. So yeah. he's just standing outside waiting for any exciting thing to happen. So really, <laughs> in this moment, Peter is offering him the human connection, which he so desperately craves. <laughs> it's true. And he's looking to savor every moment, while at the same time getting him the hell out of his face because this is theater. And yeah. we respect the theater. Well, and you know what? <clears throat> Not for nothing, but you know, this guy, he's he's pushing 50. He's yeah. an usher at an off-Broadway <laughs> playhouse. <laughs> I don't think he has a whole lot to get excited about. So, you know Do you think he's actually a company member who like like it's a rotating sort of cast of people and the Ooh. You know, because yeah. some some companies do do that, where the ushers yeah, yeah. are just company members. So maybe he's even more like deep in it for that mm, very yeah. reason. Yeah, like he's got he's got a dog in this fight. He's like, yeah. how dare you? Do, do you know how hard we worked on this? Steve? We, you know, I built that set with my own two hands, and you're gonna show up late. With the 150 dollars no, that they gave me to build it. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, you go home. You will not shun the good name of Mister Lord. Ragnall, oh dang! I, I had the joke there. I couldn't <laughs> deliver it. I couldn't deliver it in time. But you know, how my brain was going. Um, I what I like here is uh, <clears throat> Peter. You know, comes in with his like, oh, just you know, sweet ignorance. And there's this moment where he changes tactics. Peter wants to be like, uh, well, you know, Miss Watson's a friend of mine. So you know, like he he. This is the one time in his life he maybe has like a little bit of social clout that he can pull. In this scenario, and we highlight that by when Peter changes tactics, we change camera angle because like we just had the big help maintain the illusion, you know, angle on him. And then we cut to Peter kind of in a close up, not yeah. quite a full close up, but he's, he's looming larger in the frame. He's like commanding more. He has more power. It's him trying to match Bruce Campbell on intensity. And then yeah. and, and then, then Campbell immediately deflates him and then we cut back out to that wide shot where he's just alone at sea yeah because like campbell stands up we cut back to the wide shot he's even smaller and like bruce's (laughs) like shoulder is huge and it's like you tiny dumb boy you don't have any of your spider powers here you just (laughs) you just you're sol buddy i'm sorry Mm -hmm. i'm so sorry i love it this is a fun movie you guys (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, then, and then he's just trying to explain himself, and Campbell's just like, shh, shh, shh Yeah, we're shh, done. Shh, we're shh, done with this conversation. Shh. We're done. We're done. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Um, speaking of conversations being over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, remind people uh, where, where they can find you. You can find me uh, on Belated Media on YouTube. That's also my uh, Twitter handle, uh, belated media and then i also have a podcast called the sorting hat podcast where uh, my co-host and i have experts or fans of a subject sorting things into the various houses of hogwarts and it's a great fun beautiful it is Love indeed it. um <laughs> all right well i think that's about it so we will be back uh tomorrow with minute 28 bye everybody bye, bye. Shh.